Thank you. We love you. Be blessed in the message and hope and love of Bible and Jesus Christ. Until next time, this is Nicole Smith saying Thank changes so in the air. God bless you. Stay on. Hold on. I'll come to you, Matt. KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. The Osgood File. This is Charles Osgood. We keep hearing about ways in which robots may enhance our lives one day. There are 15 special robots being tested in three different European countries right now to help elderly people who live alone to stay in touch with their doctors and relatives. Leah Minerali, Grandma Leah, as she's called, is a 94-year-old great-grandmother who lives in her apartment in Rome with a robot she calls Mr. Robin. He keeps me company and helps me feel calm because if there's a need, they can check on me or request a response from me. I have my remote control and pressing the green button, I can take a call from them and the robot comes alive and the person appears on the turning screen. Mr. Robin, like the other 14 robots being tested, uses a network of sensors to navigate around the apartment and communicates with a system similar to Skype. It also collects stores and passes along information about Grandma Leah to Giraffe Plus. There are no actual giraffes in the system, just technical people working under Gabriella Cortelesa. The idea of the project is to collect sensitive data, personal data such as a person's blood pressure or the level of sugar in the blood, but also details on what happens inside the house through the sensors. What's that data for? That data allows us to study the movements of the person in the house to see what the elderly person does at home. Then what happens? These details are then interpreted through some artificial intelligence techniques, which gives us an indication of the life and the routines of that person. The Android Assistant is not a toy for some little girl or boy. No, the purpose of the whole idea is to help out people like Grandma Leah. The Osgood File. This is Charles Osgood on the CBS Radio Network. Here's a true story about identity theft. A man in Seattle went to bed with nearly $300,000 in his bank account. But by morning, the money had vanished because of some identity thief. What if some thief got to your life savings? Look, no one can stop all identity theft. But here's what I've done. I've armed myself with LifeLock Ultimate Plus. That's right. LifeLock's best just got better. LifeLock Ultimate Plus is the most comprehensive identity theft protection available. It helps to protect your identity, your bank and retirement accounts, your credit cards, even the equity in your home. How many other identity theft protection services do that? Zero. So why risk it? Do what I did and get LifeLock Ultimate Plus and sleep easier knowing that if a thief goes after your identity or life savings, LifeLock is on it. Visit LifeLock.com now and use my last name, Osgood, to get 10% off your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. Or call LifeLock at 800-838-8040 and mention Osgood. 800-838-8040. 800-838-8040. Network does not cover all transactions. KCAA News Time 604. I'm John Watanabe with your local Inland Empire traffic update. Well, we still have a SIG alert in Riverside. An accident has three lanes blocked on the 91 eastbound at the 215-60 split. A crash has only the left lane open. 
Also, the 60 East transition to the 215 North is shut down, so traffic is backed up from Van Buren Boulevard again to the due to this accident that has three lanes blocked on the 91 eastbound at the 21560 split in Riverside. Right now it's 87 degrees in San Bernardino. Stay tuned coming up in just a minute. More political talk on the PDA Political Hour live and local from our studios at the Carousel Mall in downtown San Bernardino. And at 7 o'clock, stay tuned for Patriot Radio with Tom O'Halloran. I'm John Watanabe on the Inland Talk Express, AM 1050, and on the World Wide Web at KCAARadio.com. Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company has been serving the greater Inland Empire for over 60 years. For all of your printing needs, from full-color printing to high-speed copying and everything in between, go to Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company. Their staff is committed to your total satisfaction. Great service isn't just lip service at Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company. It's the way they do business year after year. Having trouble finding drafting supplies? Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company still carries a complete selection. Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company is rated high in customer satisfaction by ValueStar, an independent rating company. For all of your personal or business printing, call Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company at 909-792-3478. That's 792-3478. Or visit them on New York Street in Redlands off the I-10 and the Crosstown Freeway. Do you have a broken window or rock chip on your vehicle that needs repair? Give us a call at HM Autoglass, 951-858-5190. HM Autoglass is your locally owned and operated autoglass specialist, offering low-cost and high-quality autoglass repair and replacement. We also work with all major insurance companies and offer free mobile service. So call us, 951-858-5190. That number again is 951-858-5190. KCAA, your local connection for news, News, traffic, traffic, weather, weather, and sports. sports. AM 1050, KCAA. KCAA, 1050 AM, the political hour. And it didn't work. Okay. Well, that's okay, John. We had, there we go. Ah, uh, yes, the great musings of Robin Williams. We know about the tragedy now. We, we have not, one of us, not heard about this by now. And, you know, being on radio, he's one of the earliest inspirations on radio for myself. Uh, I'm Mark West with the Political Hour here with Nelson Goins. And uh, Nelson and John Watanabe in the studio will be talking with uh, Carolee Hargrove in a minute. But I wanted to take this moment 
because he was important in radio. He inspired a lot of radio DJs uh, back in the day when he was on the movie Good Morning Vietnam, and you know Robin Williams uh, was the uh, ephemeral you know radio DJ that that brought hip, cool radio to people who were otherwise really, really square in a very, very um, uh, tense situation over in Vietnam, and uh, it, it, he was. Uh, it was a true story, uh, a story, uh, and the gentleman's name was Adrian, and I can't remember his last name, but this was a radio DJ, and 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 Robin Williams portrayed this guy so well, and that's the image I have of Robin Williams. Uh, good morning in Vietnam, sitting in front of the microphone, and, and being hilarious, and he was hilarious from the days of Mark and Mindy, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, you name it. Um, I guess you know what I want to say here is uh, Nelson and and John. Uh, it, it's just you know we need to remember not how he died. Today it was announced you know more descriptively and detailed and and how Mr. Williams chose to exit this world. But um, you know what we need to focus on is two things. Number one, the positive things he did in life, Nelson, and the positive things you know he was a good person. Uh, anybody who's ever met him, he by the way was uh, one of the acts in the uh, Los Angeles Democrat. Party comedy night they had a few years ago for a fundraiser for the Democratic Party, and it, you know he donated his time and uh, he was just hilarious. He was open and he was just friendly to everybody and uh, just the nicest guy ever. And that's what everybody uh, remembers him as uh, as just being this warm, friendly, generous guy. But there was also a bit of pain, I guess, to his life. And uh, it, sometimes I could see it. You know, when he was joking, you could kind of see the pain in his eyes that, you know, the, the humor was, you know, just at the surface. The pain was right there, you know, at the top surface level, too. And it reminds me, um, and, you know, anybody can chime in this, that, you know, we in America tend to bury mental illness and tend to take mental illness and kind of shove it into the closet. Uh, it's a, like a flu. It's like a virus. It is something that we need to treat. Just like anything else, you know, it's an ailment. It is a physiological ailment as well as a psychological ailment sometimes. Sometimes that physiological ailment is caused by psych medications, um, by medications that, you know, maybe are overdone. Who knows what the state of his mind was. Um, we're certainly sorry about that. But, you know, Robin Williams uh, will be missed by all. And, you know, I couldn't go on the radio today with me being a, a longtime radio guy and with that image in my brain and not giving him a little tribute. By the time we get back on the air next week, I'm sure that, you know, memorial service after memorial service have gone on. So I wanted to be one of the first uh, to uh, say so long and so sad that you are gone. And, you know, I wonder, Nelson, when I went onto Facebook, did you go onto Facebook? And I'm sure you did. You oh, saw yeah, the comments. I did, yeah. Every single comment, as soon as it happened, by everyone, people of all different walks and ways of life was about Robin Williams, um, and all, everyone. There was no disagreement. It wasn't you know political or bipartisan or anything. It was just everybody was so very very sad about this, and uh, I wonder if Robin knew what a national treasure he was. You know, I'm I'm sure he did. But the thing with mental illness is you really it doesn't matter you know what everybody thinks about you. It's about what you think about yourself and. He, he was a very troubled man. I, I hope he's found peace now. Yeah, absolutely. And so we move on, uh, Mr. Watanabe. Uh, we move on to uh, the other segment uh, of uh, things. Uh, do you want to say something? Well, maybe this is a side note, but I just gotten word from various sources that Hollywood legend Lauren Bacall died at the age of 89. Oh, it always comes in three. Yeah, I was about to say it always comes in three. So Robin Williams first, Lauren Bacall second, and who knows who's going to be number three. 
But I think Robin Williams was definitely an inspiration when it came to people who perform in improvisation. And I have performed on stage doing comedy improv. I was trained in it by Avery Schreiber. And improv comes in handy when it comes to live radio. <laughs> Makes you think on your feet. Improv also helps you in audition situations when you're auditioning for commercials or any TV or stage work. So I think Robin Williams was definitely an icon in the area of improvisation and comedy as well. So his humor will be missed. Yes, and so his humor is what we'll focus on, the happiness and the joy. We heard some Beach Boys music just a few minutes ago. Uh, I wonder if we can get some of that up here as we go into our next segment here. It was kind of happy music. Uh, the Beach Boys, I get around. It was very popular back in the 60s during the time of Vietnam. Uh, and, you know, speaking of things, and, you know, uh, let's get back on a happier note here. Uh, as uh, John cues that music up and re-racks it, I, 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 I'm making John work today harder than usual. Um, but, you know, lots of things that happen around KCA, and one of them is our new improved sound. I don't know whether you've noticed it, Nelson, or you maybe hear it in your headphones, but, you know, we have improved by 128-bit uh, our sound uh, over the Internet and over the airwaves here as well. And, and we're sounding so sharp and so live and so crystal clear on the air that when you tune into KCA, it just jumps out at you if you tune in you know, other radio stations across town and here and there, uh, especially on the AM down, just are not sounding as loud as we are. So that's good news. Uh, congratulations to our engineering uh, staff. And then I also want to plug this because this is really kind of cool. We actually have music now on KCA. We've always had music. We've had polkas, uh, things like that in the late wee hours. But now every day, Monday through Friday, we have a national music show brought to the sky but his name is Buck Hunter, and he has Buck Hunter and the Bee Lounge, and they play oldies, and they talk about things, and it is just the coolest show. It's live. You can call in. You can Skype in. Uh, you know, it's from all over the place. There's five or six different hosts on this from Idaho and North Dakota and all over the place. And what is so cool about this, John Watanabe and Nelson Goins and everybody else who's listening, it's real radio again. It's not canned radio. It's not radio that, you know, they're reading liners or, you know, it's some guy down in... Uh, Hollywood interviewing Miley Cyrus for the you know the guy with the you know the beautiful teeth and the Botox and you know has been on the Entertainment Tonight I'm, I don't mean to mention the show uh, you know he might, might have been on a kid show a long time ago you know it's all done up and they're always interviewing the same people Brittany and Miley and all this is real radio real people and it's kind of cool and it's kind of neat it's like Citizens Radio on the air again and it's Buck Hunter in the B Lounge right here Monday through Friday actually it's on Saturday too I take it back 8 p.m to 11 p.m. So uh, tune in here, KCAA, after the show in a couple hours. Skip the next show after us. <laughs> Just kidding. It's a Patriot Hour. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll move on from there. This is KCAA 1050 AM, the political hour, brought to you by the Progressive Democrats of America. Uh, you can find out more about the Progressive Democrats of America at pda.org. Um, and you can also uh, find them on... The, the website uh, at kcaradio.com as well and of course podcasts of this show that's the great thing about this um, you know radio station is it's like having radio on demand you've heard this program uh, our mistakes and everything else that have happened and things that don't always work out great but uh, you know the best of plans so latest under uh, you know we move ahead and we move on and you know um, it's my privilege and honor uh, as we do move on now uh, to uh, introduce our next candidate our next candidate our next assembly person, um, Carolee Hargrove, um, who comes to us all the way from Yucca Valley, the Morongo Valley Basin, and um, that's a long way and really, really hot. Hello, Carolee. Hi. Hi, Thanks welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you, and welcome to KCAA. 
I'm happy to be here. Well, great. Thank you so much for coming this distance and, and, uh, and uh, you know, being in the KCAA hot seat. But uh, we promise we'll be good to you. You know, I want to tell you, folks out there in Radio Land, KCAA is proud to have her because she's a citizen who stood up, who stand up, and says, I'm going to run for office. I, I want to help people. There's two kinds of politicians. There's the politician, I believe, Nelson, who runs for office because they want to help themselves, because they want to promote themselves, they want a better resume. And then there's the kind of politician, like Carol Lee, who wants to run for office because she wants to make the world a better place. That's the kind of person I want to like. Or at least you Kaipa in Yucca Valley. And there's a lot of area, and she'll describe the 42nd in just a second. Right. But, you know, Carolee comes from a background just similar. She's uh, the only child of a high school teacher born in Lakewood, California, where I grew up a little bit for about uh, six or seven years. And uh, she's just like her mom, bright, outgoing, competitive. Uh, she wants to be like her mom. She idolized her mom. She uses her as a role model. And, uh, well, she was a political office activist, her mom, and at times worked on behalf of both major political parties. So she she had a bipartisan mom. <laughs> she was Republican, and then she traded over to Democrat in the early 90s. Just like puppies that open their eyes. And <laughs> she was a political activist, worked on behalf of both parties, but opened her eyes. And she aspired to be a journalist and was so often seen carrying a notepad and a pencil uh, and reports. And, and she was the littlest reporter's world turned upside down uh, before her 10th birthday when her mother passed away. Right. And uh, uh, that's hard to take when you're a young child and you lose your mom like that. And she became an avid BMX racer. I did. So you're a BMX racer, Nelson. That's what makes me so competitive and ready to win in November. (laughs) (laughs) She hundreds of races across the country. Uh, uh, She said, uh, you said it was a real education to meet so many people from different places and backgrounds. And you all through the world of BMX. Right. Very interesting, isn't it? Um, uh, You know, she is a mom. How many kids do you have? I have five. Five children. Yes, five. You look, you look so young for that. Oh, thank you. I'm glad I do. No, they range from 13 years old all the way to two, uh, four boys and my daughter. One of them is a, a, aspiring congressman. Oh, really? Yes. Already? So I've Does she have a notepad and a little pen, too? It's a boy, thankfully. And oh, to see, uh, okay. Ready, but my two-year-old daughter uh, loves insurance, so we're hoping she's the next Dave Jones of California. <laughs> Just as you had your mom as an inspiration, he has you as right, an inspiration, right. which is good. And you have a daughter that wants to be the next Dave Jones, did you say? We're hoping, because she loves insurance commercials so much, we're hoping she'll be the next insurance commissioner <laughs> of California. And how old is she? She's two. Oh, but wow. she does tell people to vote Mommy Hargrove, so she's really great <laughs> for the campaign. And you were a news junkie back when you were younger, and you went door-to-door. Pitching your thoughts and ideas. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. And so that just, that, that just made you ready to, to run for office then. Yeah. I, well, I ran for school board in 2010, lost, mm-hmm. ran again in 2012, was elected. And uh, here I am running for state assembly to represent California's 42nd assembly district. And tell us about North Carolina. What, what, what does that mean to you in North Carolina? Tell us about, about that. Uh, North Carolina was an eye-opener for me. When I was living there, I had two young boys, and I saw a crime out front of my house. I called the local police station, and I said, I think something's going on. Can you come check it out? Well, the police officers came up to my door while people were still out in front that I had called on, and I said, isn't this illegal? And they said, no. And I said, well, it's going to be. And so I was working with Senator John Edwards at the time to try to get this passed through. The John Edwards. The John Edwards. That ran for president of the United States. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But then, of course, his campaign took off when he was running for president. And in 2007, I moved back to uh, 29 Palms. So Fayetteville, North Carolina, you ran for city council. I did. Wow. 
And how old were you when you did that? I was 23 years old. 23 years old. Nelson? And three kids. <laughs> I'm almost there, yeah. You're Sorry, ready to uh, run for city council nah, now. I'm not ready to run for any public office. There's a little <laughs> bit too much dirt, dirt on, on me right now. Oh. So. <laughs> I got I, I to gotta, like, clean up for like seven years, and then I'll be ready for something. Okay, and we'll have to erase this podcast. And maybe I'll today. bypass city council and jump, jump straight to assembly. Oh, okay. Uh, there you go. So I would you run for first. school board, but I don't plan to have kids, so... <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, and you work for Senator John Edwards, and uh, you saw it through to a signed bill that protects the identities of people calling to report crimes to law enforcement. So you were successful on that. Well, I was just a regular citizen trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we emailed back and forth. It did never make it all the way where it should have been because, of course, he was running for president and I was doing city council. And so we kind of lost touch with what my original goal was to get that bill going in the state of California mm-hmm. because I got interested in uh, local city politics. And in 2007, you returned to California because your ma- your grandma was uh, not doing too well, was kind of ailing. And then from what I'm reading right here, you met Curtis Hargrove. I did. My wonderful Who's husband. That guy? He's your husband. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> We've actually known each other uh, since 2000, but life takes twists and turns. Mm-hmm. And so it had to work the way it did to end up to be as fabulous as it is now because he's super supportive. He backs me 100%. I couldn't ask for a better supportive husband while you run for state assembly. And then you said 29 Palms is where we got to go. 29 Palms. <laughs> he, he's a, a federal employee uh, on the base oh, out okay. there. So he was lucky and, and was one of the ones who was shut down. So that was a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've been in 29 Palms since 2007. It's 2014. It's right. about seven years. Seven then. years, yeah. And so you've kind of become acquainted with the community a little bit. And how long ago did you decide, okay, well, I'm going to give it another shot. I'm going to run for political office. It was in 2010, but at the same time that I decided to run for school board, I was starting a youth nonprofit uh, tackle football program in Yucca Valley, mm-hmm. which is still going to the day. So he's going to fall in love with you over here. Football, <laughs> BMX. Yeah, you know, he was on the Redlands East Valley football team. That's why yeah, he's like, once upon a time. All right. it's a, it was a youth tackle football program for JAF, Junior All-American Football, okay. traveling. Uh, and when I wanted to start it, the city council in Yucca Valley laughed at me. And they said, you'll never get this done. Well, uh, I laughed all the way till September 10th when we stepped out on that football field in full gear. Oof. And so, and that's been the story of my life. Everybody, you can't do it, you can't do it. And it's just really great to show that I can and overcome these hurdles. If you want Carol Lee Hargrave to do something, laugh at her. That's right. <laughs> and I've been laughed at a lot uh, during this assembly race, and haven't I proved everyone wrong? Well, you know, me too, a little bit. I have to eat a little bit of crow here. Not much. I have just a small serving of it. I didn't say don't run or anything like that, but I went, um, but let's back up a little bit before I have to eat that dish of crow and put some salt and pepper on it. Uh, <laughs> you decided to run for school board. Right. And that was in 2010. That's what I was talking that about. That was the first one, right. That was the first one, mm-hmm. and it was your first victory. I lost in 2010. Oh, you did? I did. That's when I was doing the football program, and I think I was just overwhelmed. I didn't give it 100%. -hmm. So then I decided to run again in 2012, and I came out, and I won. And I did that election with $347. (laughs) Wow. So I came into this really naive, thinking, (laughs) I can do this with no money. Uh, That's been tough. But, uh, you filled out those political reports. They probably spit them back to you and said, what? And this is <laughs> right. It, it wasn't even uh, needed because I didn't hit that $1,000 mark. But it was being everywhere. I even took a part-time job at Del Taco and met people through the drive through line. It was excellent marketing. And so... 
This is the kind of state assembly member representative you want, somebody who's been there, been in the trenches, worked at Del Taco, knows what it's like to earn minimum wage and try to support a family and get Mm -hmm. by and and things like that. Wow, it's an incredible story. And so I didn't know you had run twice. Mm -hmm. And so then somebody must have laughed at you, huh? Because then you ran again. You know what? It was just that determination that, uh-huh. okay, you know what? It wasn't my time to win at that at that point. Uh-huh. Uh, so then I ran again and got through, and I said, okay, here we go. And on December 11th, before I even got sworn in, I was in my superintendent's office telling him we were going to do a raise for teachers. So, I mean, even before I was sworn in, I was already working at that job. Which brings us to our next thing. You, you, you... <laughs> Again, you know, Carolee, you know, riding BMX bikes, knocking on doors, you know, running for city council in Fayette, North Carolina. Now you're in 29 Palms. You're a Democrat. In 29 Palms, lots of Republicans out right, there. Right, right. But I guess you don't listen because that's a, you know, and, and a good thing you don't listen because here you are. Um, and, and you won, and then you did something that is pretty remarkable. You know, Nelson, when people get elected to office, a lot of times they're told, uh, okay, come on in. You were lucky you got it. Now just sit down there and listen and learn a little bit here. You know, you, 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 know, you, you don't know what you're doing yet. You got to learn. And uh, I, I think you might have gotten that, that speech, didn't you? All right. I was told, take your first year and just take it all in. I don't know how to do that. I know how to immediately start working towards what I had promised. When mm. you're campaigning, you make these promises to people in order to get votes. It was my duty to fulfill those. And so I had done that in the first six months, by the way. But I didn't know how to sit back. And I'll tell you, more people have come up to me and thought, oh, we were a little nervous about you getting on the school board, but you've proved us wrong. And you've been our only voice. And that's from teachers, parents, staff, all of that. So it's, it's worked out really well. <clears throat> so I'm not kidding you, Nelson. About four months after she gets elected, she comes up to me. And, and by the way, I'm first vice chair of the Democratic Party in San Bernardino County. At that time, I was second. But that was the person in charge of campaigns and, you know, recruiting candidates and everything. And she says, I'm going to run for state assembly. I went, wait a minute. What's your name again? <laughs> oh, you're the, the person that just won the uh, school board in, where's that place? Uh, Palm Springs? No, yeah, 29, something with palms in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, 29 palms. Right. <laughs> and, and she says, yes, I'm going to win. And I said, okay, well, <laughs> there's where I start to eat my crow a little bit, Nelson. <laughs> And how I long said, ago was that? Oh, maybe a year, year and a half ago. That was a while okay. ago. A while ago. Yeah. And I said, okay, Carolee, let me, let me talk to you for a minute here. That, that, that's really Republican territory. Mm-hmm. People are all about guns and God and uh, not that I'm not about God, but, um, you know, just the really, really conservative, uh, yeah. really, you know, they wear little, you know, white wigs and tea party hats and, 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 you know, that's probably, you know, they ride around in pickup trucks with gun racks on them. This might not be the best idea for you, Carolee. Um, and I gave you some numbers. But let's let's not sit here and like bel- belittle the people that she's trying to represent. I mean, they're people too, and they have needs. And Twenty Nine Palms, I'm sure there's a lot of like old retired people out right. there and stuff like that. So she's gonna have to learn how to like apply to those people, right? As well uh, as well as the the families. You know, they're not all gun, gun rack and uh, conservatives. Out most there. of them, but no, not most. No, of them. I'm just kidding. A, a lot of them just come from a background well, where they, you know, that's that's how they were raised, and they're old enough now that they're so set in their ways. I mean, you, you, well, you're, I'm just you're telling so, you're, a story. No, I know, but you're setting your ways as 
well, and it's important to understand. Oh no, I'm not setting my wings. No, 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 there. It's it's important to understand that we we need to work with both okay. sides of the aisle. Exactly. Well, I'm telling this little story here because this is how I reacted, and of course, this is where I'm eating my crow a little bit. You don't have to serve me anymore. All right, Nelson. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> um, and and so she starts into this race, and I said, well, you know, God be with you. Godspeed to you. You know, if I can help you, let me know, and you know, best of luck to you. And all of a sudden, she's working and she's working. And by the way, Nelson, you're right. They have a really great Democratic club out there called the Morongo Basin Valley Democratic Club that had formed and was, you know, had reformed after many, many years and were gaining momentum and more momentum and more momentum to now. The Morongo Basin Valley Democratic Club is talking to your new president uh, this weekend, and you've got several members running for office out there, which yes, is we incredible. Do. Mm-hmm. Um, running from you know water boards and city council and everything else, so uh, momentum's building out there. So it's not all people with gun racks, but okay. back then, you know, you know, I was just being a little bit no, I know, and sarcastic. It, it, <laughs> but you know, the fact is that here she is, and and then. In comes the open primaries, mm-hmm. and you know there's five Republicans on the ballot. When, when I first jumped into this, I'll get yeah. into what what happened. I, I kept waiting for another Democrat to run. Mm-hmm. Nobody was stepping up to do it. There was no Democrat, no woman, and I said, "Well, those four guys don't represent me." Mm-hmm. Then I jumped in. Well, two of them went away, and then we went into the open primary uh, with two Republicans and myself. Yeah, and you know. Everybody's like, okay, well, we hope it's not two Republicans at the top. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh, I hope Carrie, I hope Carolee Hargrave makes it. I hope she can make it at least at the top, too. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? And then I won. Not just one. You were the top vote getter. I was getter. the top vote getter. Yes. <laughs> yes. The top vote getter out there. Mm-hmm. And then this, some other guy, Chad Mays or whatever his name is, got in number two. Right. But you did substantially well. And yep. congratulations well, to you. thank you. I wish we had some Republican soundtrack uh, uh, crow to be able to eat there and everything else. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just I couldn't believe how well you did. Yeah. Uh, it was really great. Uh, well, it was amazing because the best part is I spent 12000 and Chad May spent 237000 and Gary Gingerin spent 168000 And so it was showing, really, I think people are, are ready for new leadership. And uh-huh. so it was great to get through with such little money. Now, mind you, I will need more going into the November election. You know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're pretty happy that we uh, came out because getting through that June primary was going to be the hardest one. Well, Carolee Hargrove is, gee, just, you know, the epitome of the don't give up story, little train to can, Thomas, the, the train kind of thing. I congratulate you. We're going to be back with more of Carolee right after we get done with our break. We're going to talk about issues. We're going to talk about your campaign. And we're going to talk about what's next right here on The Political Hour on KCA 1050 AM as The Political Hour returns. Round, round, get around. I get around. Yeah, get around, round, round.
Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company has been serving the greater Inland Empire for over 60 years. For all of your printing needs, from full-color printing to high-speed copying and everything in between, go to Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company. Their staff is committed to your total satisfaction. Great service isn't just lip service at Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company. It's the way they do business year after year. Having trouble finding drafting supplies? Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company still carries a complete selection. Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company is rated high in customer satisfaction by ValueStar, an independent rating company. For all of your personal or business printing, call Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company at 909-792-3478. That's 792-3478. Or visit them on New York Street in Redlands off the I-10 and the Crosstown Freeway. Thank you very much for listening to the Tuesday, August 12, 2014 edition of the PDA Political Hour. I'm John Watanabe with your local Inland Empire traffic update, and we have a good news update. An accident has been cleared in Riverside on the 91 eastbound at the 215-60 split. That accident that was blocking three lanes has been cleared. However, traffic is still backed up. Expect slow-moving traffic in that area. But the good news is that accident has been cleared on the 91 eastbound at the 215-60 split in Riverside. Currently 85 degrees in downtown San Bernardino. Stay tuned. Coming up, more of the PDA Political Hour, live and local from our studios at the Carousel Mall in San Bernardino. But right now, it's time for the Hightower Report. A few months ago, Senator Dianne Feinstein accused the CIA of spying on the Intelligence Committee she chairs, which is supposed to oversee the spook agency. Nothing could be further from the truth, sputtered CIA Chief John Brennan. I mean, that's just beyond the scope of reason. Yes, it is, Chief, but holy 007, it turns out to have been true. So the guy who's in charge of America's deepest secrets had to trek up to Capitol Hill and apologize to Senator Feinstein, admitting that he didn't know what was going on in the spy agency that's meant to spy on foreign terrorists, not U.S. Senate committees. Of course, Brennan might have known and was simply lying back in March when denying the CIA would do such a thing. After all, this is the same John Brennan who flagrantly lied in 2011, ridiculously claiming that dozens of U.S. drone strikes had not caused, quote, a single collateral death. So who in the world would trust anything Brennan says? Well, Barack Obama would. After the Feinstein fiasco, the president expressed full confidence in the liar of Langley, the town outside of Washington where the CIA is headquartered. After all, said Obama, Brennan did man up and apologize to the chair lady. That's sweet, but she's hardly the only one offended by the CIA's arrogant, autocratic overreach. How about us, the people who pay the tab for Brennan's out-of-control operatives? This is Jim Hightower saying, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham said heads should roll at the CIA if agents spied on their own oversight committee. Now we know they did. And head number one should be Brennan's, for he's fostered this culture of lawlessness at the agency. Senator Mark Udall of Colorado has had the integrity to call for Brennan to be fired. For information, go to markudall.senate.gov. What do the corporate powers from Wall Street to Walmart have in common? 
They hate the Hightower Lowdown. You can see why at www.hightowerlowdown.org. If you're like most, your trust in traditional financial advice has taken a big hit in the last few years. So when it comes to your money, investment, and retirement planning, where do you turn now? Who do you listen to? Join us for Smart Money Talk Radio Mondays from 3 to 4 p.m. for the refreshing, straightforward money and investment strategies of Jim and Lorraine Conaway. With over 44 years of combined experience, the Conaways are here to educate you on how to be smart with your money. Securities offered through J.P. Turner and Company, LLC. Member SIP. KCAA, your local connection for news, News, traffic, traffic, weather, weather, and sports. sports. AM 1050, KCAA. KCAA 1050 AM, the political hour with Mark Westwood and Nelson Goins. And we're interviewing Carolee Hargrove today, assembly candidate for the 41st State Assembly. Democrat running in November for November 4th. Carolee, let me tell you, we were just introducing and getting you to know her. If you're just joining us, quick recap. Carolee is a partner in a marriage with five kids on the uh, school board in Yucca Valley. Morongo Unified School District. Morongo Unified School District. And um, has been a go-getter. She's run for city council in North Carolina, ran for school board a couple of times and and, and one last time, and about a year ago decided, I'm going to run for state assembly because I want to make some changes. Right. Right? I want to be part of the. I want to be part of the process. So she jumped off her BMX bike as a little girl, <laughs> and right into the to the fire, so to speak. Right. Um, and you know wants to make some changes. And as I said before, you know there's two kinds of candidates: the candidate that runs because they want to promote themselves and get a higher salary, maybe, and in a better resume and more influence and power. And then there's the kind of candidate that runs because they say, like uh, George Bernard Shaw, this quote I'll give you. Some men see things as they are and ask why. I dream of things of how they could be and ask why not. Mm-hmm. I think that's you. Yeah, I think so. I like that. You like that? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. So let's talk about education. Okay. Let's start where? Uh, talk about some issues. I want to talk about education, transportation, healthcare. May see some fiscal issues and maybe how the state can be innovative and an innovator and, and all kinds of things. Uh, everything from hemp to solar to uh, energy. Okay. Just like uh, Governor Brown did the last time he was in office, and they called him Governor Moon Meme. Mm-hmm. And he created and helped create the Silicon Valley. And now look how powerful right. and influential that is in the state of California. Not only the state of California, but the world. The world. Mm-hmm. The world. I like the way you said that, Nelson. The world. <laughs> so let's talk about education because okay. that's, I think, where it all starts. Right. Education, of course, is, is my top priority for uh, state assembly. And what I would like to see is more trade options. Uh, as a school board member, I give high school diplomas to students. Trade now, options. For instance, trade schools. We need to bring back trade opportunities, service industry vocational educational programs. You mean there's not vocational education programs there in the is, schools now? There is, but we can build on that. Okay. And we can make that better. Because really, the world still needs HVAC technicians. We still need workers. We need plumbers. We need roofers, carpenters. Fine. But getting the kids that aren't going to go to college, giving them those life skills to get a career when they get out of high school would be a great option. Every child's not going to go to college right out of Nor do uh, they want school. to. That's not everybody's dream. Nobody has the same dream. Right. right. And until we fix uh, these interest loans with the federal level, it's almost harder and harder for students to go to college because they can't afford to pay that back. What's she talking about, Nelson? <laughs> oh, student loans? Yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. It's a, it's Nelson's a, a college student. It's, it's the biggest threat to our nation right, right. now. And I have student loans. I'm still in school, double mm-hmm. full-time, trying to finish up my degree. 
uh, because I was a young mother at 18. I could not go to college and mm-hmm. still provide for my kids. Uh, so looking at these vocational opportunities for these young kids, getting them the skills they need to be a, a great asset to the society is something I'd really like to focus on. You know, one of the things, an idea I have for you, here's some innovation. We were talking about innovation before the show started mm-hmm. and how, you know, we need legislators that are innovators. And, and you know, so often, you know, we have, you know, all the emphasis on, you know, uh, scholarly, uh, you know, you know, this sort of a higher academic class or that sort of a higher academic class. Why not have a certification in some of those things? You have a specialty in area so that if you're going to school and you took a lot of music classes or a lot of art classes or you took a lot of medical classes or you took a lot of, you know, you know, vocational in right. a certain area. It's bringing creativity back. So you get a high school diploma, but with a certification in, you know, some sort of a vocational skill. Easily possible. And you could also bridge that gap and work with the local unions to get those internships for those young young students at the same time. Yeah. Well, and there's stuff, I mean, because you talk about, you talk about roofing and I hate to segregate like jobs and stuff like that, but there are, there are jobs that, that men can do that, that women can't roofing and stuff like that. Plumbing the jobs that take a lot of like physical manpower. That's just, just, but they're just skilled is. jobs. No, but what I'm saying is you can, and men could even do this as well, but you could even bring it in. You know, there's some people that go to school and they get a degree in philosophy or at Cal State San Bernardino or something like that. And they end up being secretaries for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Well, why not do, do something in high school that brings in like, you know, it teaches you how to be a good secretary, a good office mate, anything. Cause if, some people want to do that. Some people want to sit behind a desk and, you know, file papers, and that's fine. But why not put something in high school like that and have internships set up and stuff like that so these people have jobs set up immediately after high school instead of them and go- going and wasting away even the government's money uh, to spending towards college. Uh, well, these jobs when- are skilled jobs. Not everybody can do well at a particular thing, plumbing, a welding, or whatever. They're a skill that maybe you've got a particular skill, and we should emphasize that. Yeah. Right, but it's 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 bringing those options to light. Because even in, when I was in high school, I took auto shop. Yeah. So we don't offer that a lot anymore. So many of these trades have been taken back. And I've, I know an, actually a, a great female plumber. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, and these are open to any high school student. doesn't matter. And you even incorporate those students with disabilities into these programs as well and start working on the inclusion. And mm-hmm. once we start doing that, we're going to see really a great deal of uh, improvements in our society. Innovation. That's what there we're it talking is. about. And what I was trying to hit is two birds with one stone because we talk about student loans and how it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a threat to our nation. Well, you don't need to go to school to do most of the jobs that people do now. You, know, you don't need to go to school to, to be a secretary. You don't need to go to a school to be a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And people still go to school because they need that, you know, like, quote, unquote, the interview, you know, just something to get them in an interview. So if we did something like this in high school, and you set up internships, that way, they're getting the actual experience instead of a degree. So they're that much more prepared, businesses will be happier, our uh, economy will be better, because you're not you're not sitting there spending the government loans or your own private student loans. Right. And, the, and the citizens okay. are happier because they Moving actually on have now. jobs. Mm-hmm. Moving on, just I want to end with this. There's, and I want to not to degrade people that, that uh, are, are taking these jobs because they're skills mm-hmm. that not everybody has. You have to learn them. They're not innate. And just like, you know, if you were to go to take, you know, be a lawyer or something else, that's a different kind of academia uh, skills. So uh, that's why I want to end that up. Um, let's talk about some other issues because there's a, there's a lot of issues on the table. There is. You're a state assembly person. You're one of uh, 80 people in Sacramento. Right. And you're a Democrat. I am. And what is the party in control in Sacramento right now? It's Democrats. So isn't that a great thing to finally send a Democrat up there and get something done? That's right. Right. And, 
And, and so, you know, if you want to send, you know, somebody from your area, you know, people that are out in the 42nd Assembly District, you probably don't want to send a Republican because they're going to be in a really, really, really minority right, right now. And we've been sending Republicans. And what have we seen? I haven't once seen Nastandi up in my area, so he's not representing me. He's not representing the people of the Morongo Valley. Brian Nastandi, who's now running who for Congress, yeah, against uh, Raul Ruiz. But you're not running it against an incumbent right now. I'm which not. Is the, really seat good. Is, the seat they, is open. We a, have a shot to mm -hmm. really make history here. Send That's a woman right. and a Democrat. Something That's we right. haven't done in a really long time. From that area, right? You know, um, right. You know let's talk about things that are important. Also, health care. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people, we've had, you know, we're, joyfully, 10.3 million people have gone on to health care with Obamacare. But it really is not health care. It's insurance care. It's, you know, everybody has access to insurance. It's not a, you know, health care program like single-payer health care. Right. Do you, do you favor single-payer health care? Of course. Over that? Yes. You know, where we have, you know, an insurer, people can opt out to insurance policies maybe. Mm -hmm. You probably agree with that, right? Right. But th there's a single-payer where you pay a certain fee and you're, you're covered. Uh, and we had that opportunity uh, a while back, and we still do. In California, Nelson, did you know that we can opt out of Obamacare? Yes. Yeah. We, and to our listeners, we can do that uh, coming up uh, before, I think, 2016, the end of 2016, 2017. If the state decides they want to provide their own health care system, they can do that. And we almost did that about a year and a half ago. We've been trying for a while. SB 840 came up, and it lost by, t by I think, six votes. But the two critical maybe three critical ones were actually Democrats. Mm -hmm. The Calderon brothers, one in the Senate, one in the State Assembly, uh, both uh, now have been indicted <laughs> and are Is gone. Are those the ones that were brought up on gun charges? Uh, well, various different charges. Yeah. I, we don't have time to go into that. <laughs> but anyway, um, they're gone. Um, and so we have a chance again. Would you, if there was a vote, come up for single-payer health care, how would you vote? I would have, I, I fully support it, of course. Yay! The, <laughs> People are cheering all over the place. We need to start focusing on Getting everyone the health care that they need. Like Medicare for all. It would be. Yeah. It would be. It Medicare would help with uh, costs, uh, even down to emergency rooms. Why do people have to go to emergency rooms if they don't have insurance? Then they end up don't paying the, not paying their bill. So why aren't we enrolling them at that same time to make sure that the state can reimburse that hospital and that hospital doesn't go bankrupt? Because as you know, going to the emergency room is much, much, three times, four times more exactly. expensive than the clinical health care where you actually go see a doctor. Right. Um, and so you would support that. That's, that's good news because we need more people to stand up. Democrats sometimes, they talk a good line. And they get up in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, let's see what's good for my political career. Right. And you know what? i got to be honest. I don't know how to be a politician. I know how to be me. And it's worked so far. It's helped me get a lot done. I'm not going up there to act like I'm somebody else. I'm not going up there to represent corporations, special interests. I'm going there to represent every single Californian and the 42nd Assembly District. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you're a mom of five, so you know what it's I like. am a mom of five, and I, I have a son with autism and epilepsy. So, of course, health care is very important uh, mm -hmm. to me because I have been through so much trying to figure out how to solve uh, the issues that he has with his medical issues. Right, and, and so you're somebody who's affected by this. You're somebody, not just some much wealthy person. I, you're kind of like me. You're, you're somebody who just wants to make a difference. And yeah, by far we're not wealthy at all. Uh, when my husband was shut down because he was a federal employee, we were worried, should I stop running for office and go get a job? And so we're not wealthy. We're just, you know, working. We, you know, do our best to get by. We run a straight budget. Uh, but I'm not going into this with millions of dollars. 
by mm-hmm. any means. I'm going into this with the open idea of we need to change what's been going on in the 42nd Assembly District. And now here I am. Let's do it. And let's get me through to November. So you've made a pact with your husband, I imagine. <laughs> if I get elected and I'm back and forth to Sacramento all the time and I'm on JetBlue and Southwest Airlines, mm-hmm. it's only about an hour flight, by right, the way. Right. It's not that big. You know, people commute more than that in the car mm-hmm. all the time. Um, are you nearby an airport? I would have to drive out of Ontario to get the lowest rate because I'm all about saving as much money as I can. And so, of course, leaving out of Ontario would be the state pays for it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they have a contract with Southwest and JetBlue. You just make your choice. They're the, yeah. the same price. Well, but anywhere anyway. that I can uh, <laughs> cut back on government dollars, I will be. There you go. Very good. Very, very good. Um, that's good to hear, too, because we've had a lot of state legislators that get up there, and they're, they get onto the dole, and they just kind of, you know, they're living the good life, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, things get expensive, you know. Right. Well, um, and the best part is when I, I was asked... How you know what what is the salary? I had to actually Google it. I didn't know it came with the ninety five thousand dollars salary. I didn't care, mm-hmm. and so that's really when it opened my eyes. Of okay, wow. <laughs> now I really need to run. Well, no, <laughs> plus and, and expenses even, by the way. But the money didn't plus even expenses. matter to me, um, and so I really thought that was kind of a lot for somebody who wants to put themselves out there yeah, and run I for public that office. Too. I, when I ran for state assembly, by the way, folks, I ran in the, the little place called the sixty third state assembly before realignment, before reapportionment. That was the sixty third state assembly out here, and uh, you know I was the same way. I thought, well, maybe it pays about sixty five, seventy thousand. I was kind of astounded. Yeah, it's ninety five, and then you get you know mm-hmm. a ten thousand dollar a month expense. Uh, but that covers your staff too and stuff. But, right. Um, and then you get your everything paid for while you're up there as well. So yeah, it is. It, it pays well, but at the same time, it needs to pay you well so that you can live to be able to not worry about these expenses. That doesn't need to be your primary focus. Your primary focus is like, okay, we have the bullet train and we have to figure out right. how to make that yeah, work. Yeah, for sure. So tell us about the bullet train and transportation. Where do you stand on that? I am highly supportive of high-speed rail. Uh, when you bring high-speed rail, businesses come with it. And then you can build off these light rails to those separate communities. Highly supportive of it. Uh, Even though it's all up there and it doesn't come down here. It, it doesn't matter because in the long run, we can actually build off that mm-hmm. in the future. If we're going to do it, we need to do it now. As we know, the longer we wait, the more it's going to cost. Uh, the high-speed rail received $200 million out of our budget, 2.5%, not a lot of money. The voters approved it. That's correct. Proposition uh, so 180, 1A, the voters right. approved it. It's yeah. time to go ahead and start moving with that. With that, high-speed rail also comes jobs. Because if we don't, it just gets more expensive and more expensive. Correct. So, you know, all the Republican, you know, stalling and, mm-hmm. you know, whining and moaning and wailing about it is costing us money. And all they're doing is pandering. But, yeah, you're right about that. There's never been a highway built that supported itself. Mm-hmm. Why do we ask rail to do that? You know, Nelson, you had a comment. Yeah, you know, I've been to Europe and stuff like that, and it, it astounds me that we don't have public transportation even remotely close to what they have. Uh, you know, you can get literally across, you know, the whole continent uh, on the Euro Euro Trail, um, and here we can't even get up to San Francisco. And it's just, you know, it just goes to show that as progressive as we are in California, we're we're nothing close to Europe or you know our friends to the east. Well, once and, upon and, a time, <laughs> there were folks that we can't build a highway across the nation no, I, know, I know and it, no, you know my dad and i actually were talking about this and i'm, I'm on a different approach i think you know you, you you look at cities like la and you look at cities like riverside that are heavily impacted with traffic and they're putting so much money into these highway systems why not just build a train right there right right above that highway right in the center right. divider uh, just a, a high-speed train that goes and you can get to redlands and riverside and interconnect it that way and worry about the the far uh the farther away stuff after kind of what like new york does and now the east coast is much more you know 
know, you can get places faster, but it's because they started with just a, a, a center part of it and then they expanded from there. Why are we not doing that in our local communities, having that b- build money and then expanding on, onto the, uh, the, the further? Right. So. Right. And with that comes a business, business that will actually build up alongside of it. There you go. That brings you to the next point. Businesses build up alongside of it because right. it does. It's a revenue generator. Mm-hmm. It's an economy generator. They built SBX through San Bernardino. They just recently finished it, and people were booing it and everything else already before they even took its first passenger. And, you know, it's going to be a while before it's, like, really, really, you know, works um, as far as being productive. However, it's there, and the one thing it did was it took San Bernardino and gave it a little spit and polish and a nice mm-hmm. sparkle all the way down East Street. It looks nice. Right. And, 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 and now businesses are starting to come in because it's looking like a nice place. Right. So that's a great approach. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you probably support small businesses. Of course I do. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Okay. You know, a lot of politicians, they just, I don't want to use the word bend over, but bend down or be, you know, to places, the big box stores that, you know, they give them tax breaks, you know, build roads and highways. But the little guy, Main mm-hmm. Street, doesn't get a break. Yeah. Why is that? Is Why it because is that? most of the politicians are bought? Of course it is. Could be. Could I'm be. not that one. So Have you gotten a lot of contributions from of people? Of course not. Uh, from people? From yes. people. Individuals, 95% of my money is from individuals, and they're from the 42nd District. But my no big op- corporations? No. My opponent does. 75% what? of his money came from Sacramento. What's the biggest uh, donation you've gotten so far? Uh, $1,000 from I- IBEW. A union? Okay. Yes. Riverside County. Well, congratulations on that. But oh, there you, you go, because, you know, it's not unlike the San Manuel Tribe of Mission Indians. They always support the incumbent. They probably wrote them a $3,500 check. You probably won't get that coming your way. Um, you know, these, they get big, big, big money, mm-hmm. big money. But you have activism and, 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 and spunk on your side. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have a drive, and I, no money is going to control how I am. So that's how different I am. So you have a vision of the 42nd Assembly District. You have a vision in your mind. I'm going to ask you about it in a second to kind of articulate it of how California should be. You know, California was the top in the nation Mm -hmm. as far as education once upon a time. California was, you know, the top in innovation when we created the Silicon Valley Mm -hmm. that has helped not only the California and the economy but the world. What's your vision for the 42nd Assembly District and California? This is your time to tell the folks. Yeah. Uh, my vision is to make sure every city is going where they want to go. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that legislator that comes in and says, okay, you need this, this, and this. No, I want to come in and work with those local elected officials. Now, mind you, I want to work with the ones that didn't get elected for a status symbol but are actually there to work. I want to talk with them, the citizens, see what they need, and take it back to Sacramento. My job is not to micromanage each local elected uh, official that we have in the 42nd because the district is so big, but it's to partner with them and see what they need. Uh, For instance, there was a big warehouse that was going to be built in Calamesa. I took a stand against it. Those people didn't want it in their rural area. And so why should it be there, especially when no one was going to buy it? So it's working with people in each different community. Uh, if you don't know, the 42nd District goes all the way to Ukaipa, Hemet, Banning, Beaumont, all the way down to Palm Springs to La Quinta. It cuts out Cathedral City and then back up to 29 Palms. Lots of so diversity. It's, huge. Yeah. It's, it's different in every city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my overall goal would be to see a brighter city with more uh, growth. And how are we going to do that but growth? But clean growth. But clean growth through renewable energy. 
and small businesses. That's right. Renewable energy. Let's yeah. talk about a little yeah. about that. That's where California can really innovate. Right. Um, you know, there's lots of ways California can innovate, just like they were leaders in the Silicon Valley in creating that. Maybe we could create that innovation in the 42nd Assembly District. Solar, perfect. Mm-hmm. Wind, perfect. You're out in the desert. You're, you know, that's the perfect right. place for that. Do you support those things? I, I support you? solar. Uh, I, as a school board member, I've been working for over a year. I finally formed a solar committee. I was allowed to form a solar committee. And hopefully we'll have solar on Moronga Unified by the end of September. That's a big accomplishment. Congratulations on Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. It was a huge fight, and it was and a lot of And you've only been no, in office no. for less than about a year, right? It's going on. It'll be two years in two years. November well, when I need to go ahead and go up to Sacramento. Uh, but solar was a really big deal. It had a lot of pushback, no one really wanting it. Because out in our area, there's a lot of solar farms that distribute the energy to L.A. Well, I'm highly against those. Mm-hmm. But I'm not against solar that's on disrupted land. And so that's where we need to start focusing our energy. Why aren't we doing more rooftop solar on businesses? Why aren't we looking into more solar panels that are actually California-made? And it's how we can profit, how we can win, how we can create jobs. Right. Believe it or not, environmental bio jobs, right, Nelson, create economy. No, they do. And, and especially where you are, it's... Uh, it's crazy that there's not yeah. on every business a, a, a solar panel, you know, yeah. they, because you're, you're, you you capture so much that it literally never rains. And if we want to talk about, you know, we, we can't make rainfall, but the sun's always going to shine. You know, it's hard to do something about a drought, but it's not hard to do something about renewable energy. Yeah. And, you know, uh, everything from even hemp. Mm-hmm. Hemp products you know, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean you're smoking marijuana, but mm-hmm. we had a show you about can. It. you can Nelson. Okay, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, you know, we can innovate that way too, right? We sure can. I, I'm a huge supporter for legalizing marijuana, and I've actually taken a stand on that, which my opponent and you don't see a lot of politicians really doing it. But let me explain one little short story. I took my son to a doctor. Mm-hmm. And they offered me a medicine that would turn him blue or one that would turn him blind. When I asked about medical marijuana, it was totally dismissed. Why aren't we focusing in on these other medications to help these young young kids with their disabilities? Why are we always pushing the big pharmaceuticals down their throats? Money, profit. Of course fine. it is. Well, but that's something I will stand up for in the state of California. We're already running out of time. It's good to hear that kind of stuff. we got just a couple of minutes here. We've been talking to Carol Lee Hargrove, who's running for the 42nd Assembly District out in Yucca Valley, 29 Palms, Palm Springs, Hemet, uh, Banning, Beaumont, Yucaipa. Uh, in the areas in California, sometimes we're called the Badlands, but the population is growing. There's millions of people out there now. And it's really important that we have a Democrat who will go to Sacramento and represent people in Sacramento who can get something done because the Democrats up there are the ones running the show right now. Right. So, it, it, you know, tell us a little bit about how we get a hold of Carolee Hargrove in her campaign. Okay. Uh, you can reach out to us through my website. It's Carolee Hargrove for 42nd.com. I'm also on Twitter at Carolee007, and I have a Facebook page that people can get a hold of me. Any and of make those don- donations. And I really need donations. And I, if you feel like not having a Starbucks one day, can you send me that $5? Because it would really mean a lot to me. Your $5 from a regular person is no difference than a, you know, $1,000 from somebody else. It all means the same. All translates into votes and, and, and calls made and bumper stickers and signs and all that kind of stuff right. that's needed for the campaign. Tell us your websites again. It's Carolee Hargrove for 42nd.com. 
Uh-huh. And you can also uh, send any contributions to P.O. Box 1197, 29 Palms, California, 92277. Well, Nelson, thank you for your help, and uh, thank you to John Watanabe. We've been speaking with Carolee Hargrove, uh, Assembly Candidate. In November, vote on November 4th. That's the election. Vote before then. If you're a permanent absentee voter, vote for Carolee Hargrove, 42nd Assembly District. I'm Mark Westwood, uh, and that's it for the Political Hour right here on KCA 1050 AM. We'll be back next week with more on the Equal Rights Amendment and uh, the letter drop. What's a letter drop? We'll tell you about that next week right here on KCAA. Don't forget to listen to Buck Hunter tonight at 8 o'clock right here on KCAA, 1050 AM. Take care. Good night. station.